Welcome to Enoch Baptist Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, We got a really great show today, and I want to just give a quick little note here. We will be changing the format just a slight tad. We will not be going over the church service um, unless there's a really good church service. We're going to now be switching over to a series. That's right. We're going to be doing a series of topics with Dr. Daniels, and he's going to be on the show very soon. But I just want to give a, a quick shout out to everybody at the congregation. Thank you so much for joining us uh, every Sunday and, and Bible study and all the things that you do to make sure that we have a great um, church at Enoch Baptist Church. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, good, good afternoon. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm excited about um, the uh, ability to address people and help them improve their lives uh, through the word. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of this platform. And so thank you again for uh, making this possible. Well, let's get into it. Uh, I know we talked off air and we said, you know, we wanted to do a series and we, we gave a, we came up with a whole lot of topics. And the first topic is the one that you really say that you encounter a lot dealing um, and counseling as being a pastor of a church, which is um, marital issues and relationship issues were really the subject of communication and how to communicate with one another. Yes. You know, it's so vitally important that all of us understand that we are always communicating. So the key is not whether or not we're communicating, but whether or not we are communicating effectively, whether or not we are uh, absorbing the communication in the way that makes our relationship better. Uh, so so what most couples uh, don't do is they don't use communications as a way to, to uh, improve their relationship as they should. You know, we, we like to look at things in a negative way rather than being appreciative for all forms of communication. No matter what you're giving me, I should take it in and process that input and use it to improve where we are. Yes. Now, the, the, the first question I would like to ask or, or issue I would like to deal with is where I'm in an argument with my wife and it's the we're, you know, we're newlyweds. This is our first real argument, our first test of adversity, so to speak. Um, and it's not necessarily a deep argument, but you can kind of feel in a situation that you feel like the other person is just not listening to you or not um, hearing you. So how do we handle situations like that dealing with our spouse or significant other? Well, uh, one thing that we always have to appreciate is this. Just because I don't agree with you does not mean I don't understand or I have not heard you. Most people believe that if you truly listen to me, if you truly understand me, you will change your opinion and you will now begin to agree with me. And, and that's a fallacy that we all have to kind of undo in our thinking. I can understand you perfectly well and your argument may make good sense, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with you. So what I have to accept is just because you don't agree doesn't mean you didn't hear and it doesn't mean you don't understand. It just means you haven't changed your position. And in fact, it may be nothing I can say to you to change your position because you really have a right 
to your position. And so it shouldn't be my desire, you know, as, as a matter of, of having a conversation with you to always force you to change your position. What it should be is an opportunity for me to give you my position, but then try to understand why you are holding on to your position. Yes. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to ask the question, pastor is, is, what if I'm still upset? It's like, okay, I want you to understand what I'm going through. So at, at what point do we get to this, this agree to a disagree when you have a person that's just, you know, just hell bent on just not letting it go? Well, you know, I guess the, the biggest approach one should take is this, is you have to ask yourself, am I debating opinion or am I de- debating fact? Uh, so, you know, that that's the key thing, uh, because oftentimes what people want to do is they want to debate opinion as if opinions cannot vary. And they, so they're not debating fact. The other thing that, you know, I want to stress to people is that just because I don't um, get a desired response from you does not mean that you have not accepted and you don't understand my position. And it does not mean that I'm not sorry for whatever I may have done to cause your discomfort. Uh, I can't expect you to act like I would act because different people respond differently. What I have to do is always try to figure out, and that is, did what I say come across in a way that allowed you to understand what I was saying? And the key to that is, to try to assess whether or not I am debating with you to show you that I'm right or whether I'm debating with you to resolve a problem. Mm. Now we've, we've touched on this briefly on what happens with a married couple that's been together. But a lot of times, you know, we get to situations where you have a, a couple that is engaged to be married and, you know, they've never had the, the blow up argument before and they haven't went through the adversity yet. So when you're counseling them or giving them advice for the, for the soon to be um, married couple, what is the best advice that you can offer them? One of the things that I think not just uh, soon to be, but even married couples that have been together for a long time uh, fail to keep in mind. And one is, it is not my job to change you. And that's a key element right there. Because oftentimes when uh, people are engaged to be married or when they're dating, um, they will continue to move forward with the thought that I can change you later on. I can make you better later on. That what you are today will not be what you are tomorrow. And one of the things I, I, I really try to impress upon all newlyweds is when you marry a person, you should never presume that they will get better. What you only want to uh, base your, 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 your decision on is, is are they right now enough to fulfill what I need moving forward? Because everyone doesn't improve with age. There are some folk that stay the same. And so that's all you really can guarantee in life is that the person may stay the same. The mistake that most people make is they assume that after we get married, you're going to keep getting better. You're going to become mellower. You're going to, you know, somehow get more intelligent or, you know, these kinds of things. And that's really uh, just giving yourself false hope. So, again, my suggestion to all married couples, but, but also especially to those who are going to get married, 
is to make sure that your expectations uh, are, are that the person will stay where they are. Now, if they do get better, then that's icing on the cake. But if you're looking for people to improve and they don't improve at the rate you expected, you will always be disappointed. Okay, so um, and speaking of that, that major uh, disappointment that you may have in going into a relationship where the person is not going, um, not changing, or not, I could say changing, evolving the way that you feel that they really should evolve and it evolve. So that's one of the things I've really encountered with the people that I've counseled is that they really expecting the person to go from A to B or to C to D. And they, then when they get to D, they don't really like that person that they've become, but they want them to be the person that they was when they met them. But people do grow um, as time goes on. So what is your, um, how do, how do, how does a couple that start in a marriage at a young age grow at the same rate and kind of stay in the same cohesion cohesiveness of everything in their relationship? Well, that's a, that's a, uh, a powerful question. Uh, one that um, is difficult to, to really address <laughs> within the time frame that we have. But let me just say this. Number one, no one grows at the same rate. You know, that that's, that's a given. And I think couples need to just accept that. You know, my father used to always tell me that there is no such thing as equality, but there is equity. You know, he would say if you put a set of brand new tires on a car, no two tires will wear down at the same rate. Now, they may both wear down, but not at the same rate. And the same thing happens in relationships. So if a person is expecting that two people will mature at the same rate, if two people will evolve at the same rate, then they've already set themselves up for failure. That's number one. So what you have to look at is not whether or not we're going to evolve, but whether or not we have established some goals that we both can agree we're going to move toward. Because I may not evolve, but I still may be able to help you reach your goals. Right. And I think you know that's an important thing that people don't do, is that oftentimes couples don't evolve and sit down and discuss what their true goals are prior to the marriage nor during the marriage. They like to assume that you know what my goals are, that you know what I want out of this relationship. And that could not be further from the truth. So, But if we are to sit down and say, okay, these are the goals that I'm trying to reach in the next one, two, five, ten years, and, and then also outline what both people can do to reach those goals, then I may never mature. But I may be able to still help you to reach that goal by one of two ways. One, I cannot become a hindrance to your reaching the goal. And that's one way I can help you just by not hindering you. But the other way is to give you some positive reinforcement, you know, to do something that will help you reach the goal. Now, I may still stay stagnant. You know, I may come in the relationship with a GED, let's say, for example. Mm -hmm. And you may say, you know, in your mind, well, I think he has the potential to get his diploma and go to college. But that may not be what I want. But you may want to go to college. So I may help you get your degree, help you graduate from college. And 10 years you know, down the road, I might still have my GED. And your concept may be, well, wait a minute. You have the potential. Why didn't you go to college, too? That should not be the issue. The issue should be, did I help you get reach your goal? Right. Because my goal may be to stay at a GED level. And if that's where my goal is, then 
one should never get angry with me because I didn't live up to your expectation because I helped you reach your own expectation of yourself. So you should applaud me for helping you reach your goal. Yeah, I, I see that a lot in, in uh, couples where one will go off to school and get a college degree or a master's degree and another person to do anything. But then when they graduate, they turn around, and look and say, why? Where are you at? What are you doing? Well, so, well I was sitting here supporting you. You know, we mm. couldn't both do it at the same time. So it, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, that you have to show some appreciation to your your spouse or your significant other for the support that you are getting if you're getting it. Because, you know, a lot of times, even though you should do things out of the goodness of your heart, you do look for, look forward to hearing, you know, the thank you and the appreciation. And then um, also there's not the words sometimes that really matter as so much as showing the appreciation. Um, and, and I know you've encountered plenty of that as being a pastor and counseling people that a lot of times it's really just the, the communication of and showing your appreciation for your spouse or significant other that is sometimes just missing. Yeah, absolutely. What you're saying is, is, is so true and so valuable for each of us to understand. And that is <clears throat> each person needs to be communicating and each person needs to be receptive to how that person is communicating. For some people, that needs to be verbal. You know, some people like the verbal, you know, I love you, I appreciate you, you know, so forth and so on. But for some folk, that's not required. For some people, the nonverbal cues are enough. And so we have to kind of understand our partners enough to accept you know, what they need as far as communication. You know, do they need verbal or do they need nonverbal? You know, do they need me just to, you know, um, give them a, a nod, a smile, or, you know, hug them? Or do they need me to constantly say, I'm proud of you. You're doing a good job. Thank you for helping me, this kind of thing. So, you know, again, the, the onus then uh, is on each of us who in a relationship, number one, first of all, to help the other person understand what I need as far as communication. The other thing is to understand what they need so that I'm not just um, getting from them, but I'm also giving to them what they need. And I also need to appreciate that just because I need it don't mean they have the capability to give it. That's the other thing. Right. Um, and I And I cannot make a person acquire a skill that they don't have. And, and so some people get angry because they want a person to have greater communication skills than they have. But th that's just not an innate thing in everybody. So you have to accept that, too. And, and one of the things I tell everybody, you know, there's there's a simple old adage that we tend to forget. What you bought is what you have. And most of the time, that doesn't change. You know, people who find themselves in relationships where they say to me, we don't communicate anymore. The question was, did you ever communicate, you know, <laughs> effectively, I right, should say, because right. we're always communicating. You know, when you were dating, were you communicating effectively? See, the difference is this. Usually when I was dating, I say usually because I know times have changed. But usually when I'm dating a person, I'm not with them 24-7. Right. You know, I, I'm not, we, may, we may not be sharing the same home. You know, we may not be together all the time. But so I don't necessarily 
feel that they're not communicating because by the time they see me, you know, you know, we have a lot to discuss. Well, then we get married and we're living together. You know, we're there, you know, we're awake, let's say, you know, eight to 12 hours every day in each other's face. Right. Well, it doesn't take me as long now to tell you what I want to tell you. So therefore, we don't talk as much uh, based on your perception. But if you were to actually go back and look at how long we talked originally, you probably will find that our conversations were approximately the same amount of time. The other thing is this, because we're together so much, there are things you don't have to tell me anymore. I already know how you feel. So you don't have to tell me how you feel. Now, you may want to tell me, but I kind of picked that up because I just woke up and looked at you. I saw you mad when you came out the shower and all this kind of thing. So, you know, there are other things that, well, well, before I solicited, you know, input. Now I don't because I'm with you all the time. And we have to take all that into consideration as well. Uh, and another thing I just want to touch on right quick uh, is that our communications are different now. You know, before I was communicating with you because I was trying to pull you into my life. Now I have you in my life. So my communications are a little different now. And so now my communication, I have to tell you about where I'm trying to go, what I'm trying to do, as opposed to trying to make you feel better about yourself. Now I'm trying to help us move forward in our lives. Well, moving on, uh, it was well said and moving on to the next question. Which is which is a lot of people is going to are going to really feel me on this one. My my male counterparts are going to really feel me on this. A lot of times, men will not say what's bothering them because they don't want to have the argument, or they don't want to start something because it, like sometimes for for men it may be a little short. It may be a short issue that is once they said it. They're done with it and they're ready to move on. Okay. But for women, if they want to get involved in the conversation, the man wants to cut it off because I'm done. I've said it and it's over with. So what is the advice do you have for the man and for the female in that situation that, you know, he may not want to say something because he doesn't want to start something that necessarily takes three days or four days for it to, to, to simmer down and he just wants it to be over with relatively quickly? You know, the answer is simple, uh, but difficult in actual application. Okay. And so let me put it to you uh, this way. Number one is that the difference is in why we state our case. If we are stating our case to be right, that is problematic. If we're stating our case to reach a solution, then it doesn't take long. The difficulty in that is that most women want their spouses to talk. They want them to confide. They want them to give them input. They want them to say things. But with men, we typically don't, we want to avoid conflict. And so if I tell you something and it causes you to argue with me more, the next time I'm not going to tell you what everyone has to appreciate is if I really want your input, I can't get mad when you give me the input because I, 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 that input is valuable to me. And if I get mad when you give me the input, you're going to stop giving me the input. You know, so that that's number one. The second thing we have to look at, again, is the simplicity of why we should be giving the input in the first place. It should always be to solve the problem, not to determine who's right. 
And see, that's where we get into this two week or two, three day old arguments because everyone is trying to prove they're right. And proving you right doesn't make the situation better. The thing is, how do we solve the problem? Now, most men are problem solvers by nature. We like to solve the problem and move on. So if we start dealing with solving the problem, then men don't mind talking. But also, if we deal with solving the problem, the woman in the relationship will feel better, too, because now the issue has been settled in a way that gives her the benefit of, of, of um, you know, being better because of it. So that's one of the key focuses. And it's, again, I, I admit it's difficult in the application because someone has to be able to take the lead and say, hey, listen, let's look at how we're going to solve the problem rather than keep restating the problem. And, and that's what seems to happen is that a man will give his position, a woman will give her position. And then because there's no resolution, the woman keeps restating the problem. And the man says, you know what? I'm tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. I don't want to hear it anymore. And she's saying, but we need to keep talking about it. But what happens is she just keeps restating the problem. And so the man says, I'm done. I'm shutting down. Bye. So if we can move away from restating the problem and start dealing with how do we solve the problem, let's talk solution. It not only uh, shortens the debate, but it also gives us a conclusion so we don't have to come right back up and deal with the same thing two months down the road. Yes. Yes. You know, another thing I would like to touch on, um, Pastor, is which is a really touchy subject in the year um, now, 2017 is the roles that both uh, males and females play in the relationship at home or in the, you know, in the marriage, I should say. And for certain duties around the house with now with, you know, more women working now, a lot of men are having, having to pick up extra duties around the house for us, you know, doing laundry, doing, uh, doing the dishes, even at the work in a manual labor job or even work in a white collar job. So, how do we, um, how men handle the the changes in the duties of a traditional man doing traditional men things to picking up other things around the house? And also, is it a double standard when it comes to this? Because I don't see a lot of women taking the trash out, painting the house, fixing the sink either. So this is one of the things I like to discuss. Yeah, you know, again, uh, these are the each topic that you have addressed today, uh, and I, I applaud your, you know, your your the questions. We could spend each session on those topics <laughs> because they, you know, it just it's so much stuff there to deal with. Uh, but just in brief, let me say this: um, it, you know, I look at marriage um, not from an emotional standpoint from a contractual standpoint. And indeed, that's what marriage ought to be looked at. It's a contractual thing. Now, in any contract, there are um, specifics as to what each party in the contract is responsible for. And so the, 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 the difficulty comes in when someone breaches because they refuse to do what was in the initial contract or they want to modify the contract without the consent of both people who have signed on for their functions to see. And, and again, if you look at it that way, it changes things because the reality is, is that um, the amount of, let's say, duties as far as what you have to do 
if you were to say some are gender specific and some are not, and not to say that they are, but let's just say they are, let's just assume that washing dishes is gender specific and should be done by the woman, but cutting the grass should be done by the man. Well, if if I were to take and look at the effort that goes into doing each one, then what I probably would find is that they are about the same. And, And so to me, it just is an issue of saying, hey, listen, um, let's just look at the amount of time that is required to do the function as opposed to acting like because uh, I work, I should no longer do the function. It's been my experience. And again, I can only speak from my experience. Few of the uh, women in my life have ever been stay-at-home moms. My mother was not a stay-at-home mom. My wife was not a stay-at-home mom. My sisters were not stay-at-home moms. All of them chose to get in the workplace for right. one reason or another, either for economics to, you know, to, to lift up their standard of living or because they just were career-oriented people. And, and so, you know, they always did, you know, the domestic as well as the career thing. Uh, so, you know, from that standpoint, I guess my point is that once we establish what those lanes are, people are much happier if they stay in the lane. Now, if if a woman says, well, you know what, I don't think I should have to cook every day. Fine. You don't have to cook every day. But that don't mean you can't stop by a restaurant and bring food home for your family. You know, right. I'm saying there are different ways to to, to counteract that. Uh, if she don't want to wash clothes every day, well, okay, then maybe she should cut the grass and the husband should wash the clothes. I think if she cuts the grass in 95 to be real the one time, she'll go right to washing the clothes. <laughs> I would <laughs> gladly switch up with my wife any day in that regard. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I think the balance is that For some reason, we have been told that uh, the house, the work that, you know, the work of of maintaining the home is strictly woman's work. When the truth of the matter is maintaining the home has never been strictly woman's work. The issue was, what were we doing? So, you know, rarely men always took care of the outside. Women took care of the inside, so to speak. But the volume of work is no different. And I think that's the way to, to resolve that issue is look at the volume of work and the time required and say, OK, now, how do we divide the time up so it is equitable between both people? Not equal, but equitable, because you'll never get equality, but you can get equity. Well, that was a great response to that uh, uh, that question, Pastor. Uh, moving on to um, more of a recap of everything, which is we're coming up here on the uh, just past the 30 minute mark. So in the recap, what is the the overall best way to handle the communication for a married family or people who are together for the long haul without getting married? I would say that the key thing um, to look at is simple, simply this. Just because I'm right doesn't mean that's what we should do. <laughs> Both parties in their minds always believe they are right. If we didn't believe we were right, we wouldn't be arguing in the first place. So my thing, one of the key things I tell everybody is never argue to prove your point. Always argue to solve the problem and understand that having a difference of opinion is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The more ideas get on the table, the more we're able to come up with better solutions. So don't feel bad because the other person has a different idea than you have. Be glad 
that they have a different idea. Now you can look at all the ideas and come up with a solution that fits the problem and does so in a way that makes you better off now uh, than what than what you would have been in the past. So I, you know, to me, that's one of the key things to look at. There's several others, but you know, time doesn't allow it. This, you know, in this uh, particular uh, broadcast, but perhaps the next time we can get into more detail in each of the items that you brought up uh, uh, today. And I think that would be a great thing to do. Yes, it will. Well, you have heard it here, people. Thank you so much for joining us on Enoch Baptist Church podcast. And once again. We will uh, see you this uh, coming Sunday. The weather should be cleared up, so we should be ready to roll. Hopefully everything is cleared up by Wednesday so we can get the Bible study and come get the word. Thank you so much. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you.